You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California. The views on this show are not necessarily the views of KUCI, UCI, or its border regions. To learn more about our programs, log on to KUCI.org. My name is Anne. You're listening to Operation Community Stimulus. You can always reach me through my website, which is Operation Community Stimulus, if you have any questions or any information that you would like to share. We have some information today that we're going to be sharing with um, all of you yoga lovers with Chander Dahl. Chander? Hi, how are you? I'm fine. How are you, Chander? Been great. (laughs) Great, great, great. Well, it's nice that you joined us today. I think yoga is a pretty, um, I think you have a little bit different uh, twist to it from what I understand. Is that right? That's right. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, what you do and, um, you know, where, where you've been, where you're going and where you want to go. Sure. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a software developer. I have my own company. At the same time, I've been doing yoga uh, for my whole life now. And I live in Los Angeles and do travel all over the world teaching yoga. Wow, that kind of sounds exciting in, excel, in itself. Uh, when did you get into doing yoga? Yeah, that's, I don't even remember. I was four years old when I had my first lesson. (laughs) Wow. Was you introduced by your parents, or how did you, I mean, there had to have been something that inspired you. And that's right. So my grandfather was a very big yogi. He would uh, do certain things that normal people can't even do, like hold his breath for hours and all that stuff. Wow. father uh, was into yoga. That was by whom I learned my first lesson. So I guess then, did you have any professional training, or is this something that you just kind of picked up the different, because you obviously do it a little bit different than most people, don't you, than, you know, than, than we do traditionally here in the United States? Right, that's so true. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very interesting that the training that we got in Himalayas is something that you cannot get anywhere else, because, you know, I mean, I might learn from the best yogi in Los Angeles, but you're not going to get the environment of a sub-zero degree temperature which is, you know, about 15,000 uh, feet above sea level. And that's the kind of training I, was, I've, I went through. I still remember I was five years old, and, and I was asked to go out in the open with a wet towel around my body and, you know, make sure that I don't feel cold, and after some time I evaporate that towel. So that's something that, you know, I definitely miss over here. Wow, that sounds like a, a skill that, uh, or um, a little mind control there, huh? <laughs> yep, and, you know, it's pretty uh, easy to do. That's it was interesting that mm-hmm. even normal human beings with not much training can actually do that. However, those kinds of trainings are not, not that common around here. You know, you don't very often run across software development guys that do yoga, do you? Teach it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's very interesting in itself because it usually takes, I think, different parts of the brains maybe to do what the, the two different things that you do. Yep. So one of the things that led me into software development was also yoga because uh, till I matriculated, you know, I was, in, I was in class 10th, I would only study less than half an hour a day and I would never go back and read the books that were taught uh, in school. And I would still remember every single thing, you know, something what people here call photo memory. Mm-hmm. And then when I grew up, I realized that the yoga training helped me sleep very less. So I could sleep for four hours and function normally. And then 
you know, I could actually do a lot of things that other people can't do just because I, I had been through that yoga training and this is this is totally completely completely different than any other yoga training that I've been to in in the United States. Gosh, sounds to me like you need to market your yoga classes to the to the software development people, huh? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, I understand that recently you had a student with emphysema. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. Matt Curry from Dallas, Texas. Could you share with our listeners, you know, what was the experience of, of you know, um, you know, sure. you know on, elaborate on that somewhat? So Matt is someone who is a really good example of someone who, you know, was born here and, you know, has, is an American for generations and had a lifestyle which was totally different than any yoga person would have. And then all of a sudden he loses all the money he had and then diseases come to be part of his life and then he gets into a slip disc problem that he had for years and then doing yoga he fixed his slip disc first of all and then he was left with 31% lungs which he still is with just 31% lungs but the doctors were surprised that after working on the Himalayan yoga with me for for about three, four years that he breathes in like a normal human being. He breathes in 95%, 200% of, uh, you know, like, like a normal human being does. His blood oxygen is 95%, 200%, which is amazing. And his doctor now is, you know, wanting to learn yoga from me. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's cute. That's, and, it, you know, how long, now how did you meet him, him being in, him being in Texas and you being in, in SoCal here? So... Interestingly, I was in Texas before I moved here, so, I mean, even though I said Himalayan Yoga, I want to make sure that I clarify it. The website I'm talking about is Welcome to Yoga, and this is not the Himalayan Yoga that is taught in the U.S. What I meant by Himalayan Yoga was the yoga that I learned in the Himalayas. Mm. That's interesting. And then I understand there is a YouTube video um, on this um, testimony. Is is that right on this right. It's on uh, chanderyoga.com slash about so if someone goes to chanderyoga.com there are only two pages over there Mm -hmm. and one of them uh, Matt has added a YouTube video so anyone can listen to that so he is pretty, I guess, pretty sold on your services, no doubt, what it's done for him. <laughs> right. So he was learning yoga 14 years before he started working with me, oh. but he had never done, uh, you know, Padmasana or the Lotus. And now he's 60-plus years old, and he does his first Padmasana. And that's not the only thing. With 31% lungs left, he participated in an open competition hmm. where he did 80 Surya Namaskars, which means... 10 steps in one pose and I think there were a lot of young people over there who could not go beyond 50 and he completed 80 of them. <laughs> no, don't give us old people, you know, don't bury us so quickly, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you tell the listeners maybe a little bit about the difference between, you had mentioned the, the, the two different kinds of yogas between, is it specific yoga and generic yoga? Is that the, the, the two here that, we're, that you could share some differences with us? That's right. So um, actually it's a very important difference because everyone has a different personality. He has a different lifestyle. He has a different uh, body structure. And the way most of the times yoga is taught is, is generic. It means come to my class and I'll be teaching what I'll be teaching everyone else and try to fit in. And a lot of people, you know, go in and they do have some benefit and it does benefit you. Mm-hmm. However, the way yoga is taught in the Himalayas is uh, they, they figure out everything about you in a few weeks. And after some time, they even know everything about 
your energy. It means they know more than you about their own body. So a person like me would come and learn how good you are mentally, spiritually, physically, and then get an assessment of where I need to take you in the next six months. And then I work with you one-on-one and explain you how to get there. And that's called specific yoga. And that's the yoga that needs to be done. Mm -hmm. However, I can understand that the way it works in here is more like any other class where where a bunch of kids get together and learn from the teacher. And it does work for kids. However, for adults with different age groups, with different, uh, you know, uh, body structures and backgrounds, it, it might not work the same way. So I prefer specific yoga over, over generic. But when we do workshops, we do start with generic yoga and then we go uh, specifically into the individual. Well, that's very, very interesting. I've done, I've done, and probably what I've participated in has been the specific, but I can, I mean, it's been the generic, so I can see what you're saying would be the difference. I, I understand that now. I wondered what that meant, huh? <laughs> sure. Very interesting. Um, what kind of people do you, uh, do, do yoga? I mean, do, can you share with us some of the, you know, some of the backgrounds of some of these people, you know, and... Sure. So one of the big misconceptions is that you need to be very flexible in order to do yoga or you're doing yoga for flexibility. Well, I would take it this way. If you are a human being, you can do yoga. And by that, I also mean a person who is, who is close to death, a person who is old, a person who is young, a person who is child. So to give you an example, only kids before four years old should not do yoga. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, anyone is qualified to do yoga. And I want to emphasize this fact because for a lot of people, yoga really means going and doing stretches. But I'm working with some old people right now, and the only yoga we do is making them do some breathings while they're sitting on a chair. You know, I'm working with some uh, very flexible um, mm. individuals who are young and are very flexible. But at the same time, all I'm trying to teach them is how to increase their lung capacity. So, so it, it really depends on what kind of student you are and what do you want to get to. And there are so many of these yoga teachers that I train, and in fact, few of them are world-famous yoga teachers. And all I'm trying to train them is on how to, how to increase your potentiality, how to, how to get to more people, how to, how to be more successful in what you do. And then there are these uh, corporate uh, people or let's just say some CEOs and executives that I train and I train them on how to get better at their stuff and that really means material and spiritual success and more like uh, a combination of both of them. Do you feel like yoga is going to get more popular? Well, so yes and no because yoga in general will become very popular because it is already becoming popular, and it's, it's, it's really good. However, by that said, I don't really mean that it's actually yoga. So what's getting popular is yogasanas, and that's just part of yoga, you know. So if you, if you go to L.A., L.A., LA has more yogasana practitioners than any other city in the world. However, that's not the yoga that all the Indian people do. So just to give you an example, that it, it actually, yoga derives, it comes from India, so with yogasanas being popular, yoga may not get popular. And by yoga, you mean a lot of other things. You know, it, it only doesn't mean yogasanas. It doesn't only mean flexibility. It doesn't only mean stretching. It means a lot more than that. It means creating, uh, creating a superhuman out of you. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and I understand that there's some uh, correlation between yoga and weight loss or diabetes or, you know, what's the, what's the, how does, how does that work? How does it help you lose weight or, you know, with your diabetes? How does that, how does yoga affect that? So a lot of search, researches are going on right now. And one of the benefits of doing yoga training is that this is one exercise that really doesn't have a side effect if done right. Now, I'm not talking about doing advanced asanas, asanas and then you fall from, you know, the wall and break your neck. <laughs> I'm really talking about doing the right yoga. I mean, if you're sitting on a chair and you're just doing breathing, you don't have a, you don't have a side effect. But maybe that's enhancing your respiration, and that respiration is actually becoming a catalyst in reducing the fat in your body. You know, and there are so many researches going on how yoga people are, are curing diabetes. Now, I, I'm not sure if a lot of type 1 diabetes people get a lot of help from this. However, there have been cases where I witnessed and met people who came to me and they had diabetes, and after doing yoga, especially uh, Nolly and, you know, some other techniques that they did, and they were able to get rid of diabetes. One of them is my own father, you know. He got helped from diabetes big time. Now, the only logical explanation that I think about that is maybe by doing yoga, somehow the insulin production increased. And I have reasons to believe that that happened. I, I just can't tell. Right. But for that reason, I'm trying to work with some of the doctors, mm. do some researches on this thing. And it's not only diabetes. It could be any other disease you have, you know, as long as you don't have a side effect and you work with your physician and make sure that, those exercises that you're doing are actually good for you, I, I don't see a reason why not try that. It's, it's just like another jogging, and, you know, exercise does help. Well, it sounds like then yoga is not one size fits all. To get the most benefit out of it, you have to really know your, your, um, the person that you're teaching yoga to, you know, and it sounds like that, that's the best, the best way to do it is to, to develop something special for each individual. Is that right? Exactly. So one of the things that I tell my students always is this, you know, who are you learning from? If the person that you're learning from is a 200-hour registered yoga teacher, you know, it's, it's okay to expect certain poses from him, but not, not a lot of other things that come as part of the box, you know, with, with a teacher who is, who is well-trained. To give you an example, I was trained uh, since I was four years old, but when I turned 11 and I was, I was ready to teach, it was still... I was still learning under a guided teacher on how to understand people's bodies, you know, and, and the energy they have and, and their whole uh, whole composition of mind, body and, body, and soul and that whole ratio. Once you understand that, you become, you get to the next level. And this was really under a lot of training. And there are a lot of things that I do in my class which people think are supernatural. And, well, they're not at all supernatural because... There's a logical reason why they happen, and I, I even show them how I did that, and then they go, oh, wow, that was just another trick. And for me, I think there's nothing supernatural. You know, anything you think is supernatural is just another trick that another human being knows. So I think it's really good to learn specific yoga from a teacher who knows what he's doing and, and do learn from teachers who haven't had that much experience. However, make sure that that's not the end of it. You know, you, you got to get to the next level, so you got to find the next teacher. You know, it sounds like you've been self-taught a lot in this. I mean, you've, you've learned, I, 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 I'm assuming, from your grandfather. Is that pretty much the, the, the most way that you've learned to, you know, to, uh, to teach so the things pass, 
down in the family from my grandfather and obviously his ancestors to my father and then to me. And there are certain things that will never go out, you know, stay with us because it has a lot to do with the family. However, there are a lot of other things that are out there and people don't know, and those are the things that, you know, we help them get to. And, and there's a reason behind that. For example, I might want to train someone who's 25 years old. There's no way I can train him to get there where I can get a four-year-old. And the problem is that the most of the students are actually adults, and they, they can get to a great level. However, they can't be as good as a guy who's learning, let's say, a gymnast who starts at the age of four is going to be better than any other gymnast who start, starts at the age of 25, right? So, mm-hmm. so if, if someone like that age comes to me, maybe I'll be able to try, train him completely. Otherwise, he, he can still get better, but, but it still stays in the family. Does your little guy do yoga with daddy? <laughs> so, well, it's interesting. He's, he's actually not four yet. He's, um, you know, close to two. But mm-hmm. he still do, he started doing things after looking at me. However, he's not being trained yet. <laughs> hey, that's the best time to, to learn anything, isn't he? He's adorable. And I, he's the happiest little guy I've ever ran across. <laughs> so much. Maybe it's the yoga. Maybe you should start with the two-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are techniques in yoga that make you do a lot of things that mm-hmm. science may contradict. For example, the yogis can predict the sex of their child before he even even he is con- conceived, hmm. and, you know, I mean, they can, they can do it. And they can also predict his success before he's even conceived. So, and all it is is science. It's just a science that not many people know of. Do you find it accurate, though, in, in, uh, and I've never heard it called yogis before, so are, these, are the instructors called yogis? Is that what you're referring to? Well, so that's kind of... Um, not the right use of the word. Yogi is a big term in, in itself. Yogi is like an ascetic who doesn't, ha- who has a lot of self-control, and is not uh, going after material things. And it looks like a small definition, but there is there is a lot to it. Hmm, that's interesting. Do you see more um, yoga going on, say, in other countries than the United States? Uh, that's really true. I can see. Even if the, even though the number of yoga asana practitioners in the U.S. have increased and there's still a lot, and I don't know the, the know the exact numbers, but I can say that in the Himalayas, it's it's a totally different level of yoga. If you go to the plains in India, it's a totally different level of yoga, and you can see a big difference. It's ten times less powerful, and if I come to U.S., I would say it's ten times less powerful and not to blame anyone it's just it's just one of those things that they've been doing this from for thousands of years now and the planes in india haven't even seen the real stuff yet so by the time it comes to us you know it's not the same thing anymore but but definitely whatever glimpse of yoga we have here one of the best students in, in the whole world are Americans, and they've done a, an amazing job imbibing and practicing whatever iota of yoga they've got. I can, I can uh, kind of think I hear a little bit of passion in what you do, too. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I sound passionate, and it's good to be like that. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, who would ever think that, you know, somebody doing software, so you basically just practice yoga as you were working and you found it beneficial and that's what kind of led you into going to the next step here? 
That was one of the things that when you when you know that you have answers to all the questions in your life, well, that's the first step. Then the second step is, do do you have the answers for everyone else in your life? Well, that was the second step in my life where I was like, okay, I think I know how to make it happen for everyone. But then they start asking you one thing, right? What's your credibility? What do you really do? And I was like, well, I teach yoga. Well, yeah, but you're not successful in the world. I'm like, okay, so what do I need to do for that? He's like, well, show us success in the material world. Well, so that's what I did. Now I'm successful in the material world, and it took me less amount of time than any other person out there, well, that I know. So now I have a, I have a bigger credibility because I can, I can run a business, I can run a family. At the same time, I can do the same exact things what a yogi would do. And now people want, believe what I do just because of what I am. And just because I have a Mercedes now or I, I have a company, they believe me more than what they would have 10 years ago, even though it's the same person with the same exact knowledge. You know what I mean? So I think going towards business was more an idea of explaining people, well, I can do it exactly the way you do it because one of the pushbacks I used to get was, well, yes, you can do this because all you do is spend time on yoga and uh, and really and you don't have any clue whatsoever about the real life. And I was a kid, you know, I was small, mm-hmm. just 31 years old yet. So <laughs> at that point of time when these questions started coming in, I was in my school. I, I, I had not even completed my graduation yet, but I wanted to be prepared. So I think it went well. Yeah, I think it, it was that, you know, that gives you more qualified to speak to other professionals because you've got the professional hat and then you've got the... Um, I know I think it's very and I like your idea of doing different you know fine-tuning things for for people differently because I work a lot with children you know as you know and and what I what I do with a a small child is not the same as what I do with a you know I work with um, people in assisted living so you know you do for, for you got to develop a different program for whoever you're working with don't you Right. And, you know, you do an amazing job with kids. And the way uh, I've seen the work you've done, and it's amazing that uh, how you make them get into a team and they still retain their own creativity and they increase their own creativity while even though they are in the same team. And that's the same thing I do when it comes to my students, you know. It's too bad that all the teachers, that all this, for everything that kids learn can't be, experimental is that the word we want to use to get in there and just with your hands and do it you know right <laughs> so but you know that i guess the having a balance there so well chander is there anything we've left off that you think might be kind of cool for listeners to uh maybe seek you out and and look more into because i understand you're going to be possibly making a move down here to oc Yes, so I'll be moving over to Irvine pretty soon, but I can share my email. It's pretty simple, info at welcometoyoga.com, and I'll repeat that, info at welcometoyoga.com, and my phone number is 214-801-6705 for any of the listeners if they want to have a chat sometime. And I guess that's living proof that you used to live in Texas, that number, huh? Exactly. I really want to thank you for this information, and um, you are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California. The views on the show are not necessarily the views of KUCI, UCI, or its border regents. To learn more about our programs, log on to KUCI.org, and thank you again so much. Thank you for the opportunity. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. I see trees of green, red.
Myself, 